boom, shaka lager, shaka lager, shaka boom. Welcome to Midsummer Maniacs. Midsummer Maniacs is a comedy recap podcast dedicated to the ITV series Midsummer Murders. Each week, we dig into an episode of the show, including the murders, the mayhem, the loonies, and everything else we love. I'm Mark Bell. I'm Sarah Smith Robbins. I wonder how many of our listeners like mouth along with that opening. I bet you some of them say it along with us. That they, sure. they know every word of it. <laughs> Maybe we should have them record that. Maybe we should oh, we change could, it we up could and play, people. We could play recordings of people saying what the podcast is the way they do on Radio Lab. Oh, yeah, and edit them together. Yeah. Yeah, we should do that. Maybe. This episode is season 20. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> We're in season 20. <laughs> episode 117, season 20, episode 1. The ghost of Costin Abbey. I I just can't believe we're on to season twenty already. It's, season kind of scary. Twenty. <laughs> Two seasons to go. <laughs> but we they're they're going to make more. So. Hey, ITV, hustle. Okay, yeah, we're hustle. caught up to you because you didn't think we would, but we did. Well, pandemic. <laughs> if you if you would hustle a little bit, it would be it would give us more time to figure out what we're going to do after we're caught up to midsummer. <laughs> we need the time to figure it out. Uh, in case you don't know, this is a spoiler podcast, so we talk about the whole episode. If you haven't seen it already, go watch it. We're going to talk about who the killer is. Yep. And uh, if your children are young enough to understand spousal abuse and beer and beer or, or ale, old enough to watch the podcast listen to the podcast so recently we put out a picture of bernie the badger and encouraged folks to take a picture of themselves with it and where they are and people have been sending them in on twitter instagram and email using the hashtag midsummer bernie and adding at midsummer maniacs and i've been retweeting them and uh, posting on the Instagram stories. So they're fantastic. They're absolutely fantastic. If you're listening to this podcast on the day that it comes out, you have 24 hours yes, or less or less to submit yours to get a chance. We to never be said of, when on the first. And we didn't give a time. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll, we'll do it at the, the latest possible moment that is still March the 1st, then yeah. we'll go. So what it, it, will, would that be Pacific? March the 1st. Yes. The, all of March the 1st yes. everywhere. Yeah. Um, to to send in your picture so that we can randomly draw three and you'll get a free t-shirt. Bernie Drifts t-shirt. That yeah. is, again, awesome. hot selling. Because it's great. It's amazing. Everybody should want one. It's yeah. super. It and Socko Fox need to be like. They're our top yeah, designs, they're, aren't they're they? They're our top designs. So stuff was going down on Facebook this week. Somebody mentioned, hey, have you guys heard of this podcast for... For Midsummer, <laughs> for Midsummer, I really love it. And you guys all came out of the woodwork and said, "Me too, me, me too. too." And I said some cheeky responses like, "I heard it's really good." <laughs> <laughs> One poor woman said, "How do you get this in Canada?" I said, "Well, you're in for a treat. The host is Canadian too." One of the hosts, yeah, yeah. That was so fun. it was fun and we got so much love. And I just wanted to say I appreciate it all. Yes, thank you. Well, we are, uh, we're climbing the charts. Let me tell you, we get weekly notifications about charts from Chartable, uh, which is a podcasting chart 
mm-hmm. site. And usually they're like, you're 431st in Italy yeah, or something. Whoopity-doo-dah. But uh, we've been having a good couple of weeks here, and we are in the top 200 podcasts for TV and film in the world and in the U.S. Woohoo! Which is insane. Yeah. There are so many podcasts being made. We're like 180. Yeah. I tell you what, you get on that chart, you get a lot of emails from people who are like, hey. Will you promote this stupid product on your podcast? Will you advertise our ball shaving products? No. (laughs) No, Sorry. No. No. Not interested. So. I'm almost hesitant to talk about Patty's castration because somebody's using some kind of keyword search on the episode going, hey, they talked about balls again. Maybe we should hit them up about that manscaping product. No, it's dogscaping. Go away. On a more serious note, I know we have listeners in the Ukraine. Yeah. We're thinking about you. Be safe. Absolutely. Know that you're in our thoughts. Yep. I I don't know what else to say except, wow, suck. I just want peace. Be safe. I want peace for Ukraine Ukraine and Russia. Yeah, absolutely. Just be peace. In the meantime, maybe we can bring some levity to the day. (laughs) Well, we, we, we need to tell you about the schedule coming up. Oh, yeah, because we got something big coming. So the next episode is season 20, episode two, Death of the Small Coppers. It is the 20th anniversary episode of Midsummer, and they did special stuff for it. There are 20 hidden Easter eggs in that episode. References to prior episodes that only a maniac would notice. Only a maniac would notice. So what are we going to do? We're We're going to live stream. We're going to live stream that episode. And that will happen on March the 19th. March 19th. Yes. At 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Mm-hmm. Same as our other live streams, mm-hmm. which have been a blast. Oh, yeah. But we definitely want you all to come to this one, especially. Especially watch that episode. Maybe you'll have to watch it a couple of times <laughs> to get all the Easter eggs. And we, we I'm... I, I know I Sarah and I are going to watch it without looking at any sites that list the episode. No, nope, list that's, that's the cheating. Eastern. We're going to try to find all the Easter eggs, and uh, we need your help. Yes, yep. uh, that's a cool thing to do on that episode, and we just thought it would be a great live episode, and we need some time to prepare for it. So mm-hmm. we're going to take the fifth of March and the twelfth of March off. Yeah, we just need a little bit of time in spring break um, here to make sure that we're ready. So we can do something really awesome for that. So put it on your calendar, March the 19th, 2 p.m. Eastern. Yep. Midsummer Maniacs Live for the 20th anniversary. Yeah. So, and that that has a connection to our 100th, our first live stream, because the woman from the Copenhagen Police Forces shows up again. Yeah. Yeah. There's one of them. There's one of them. That's one of the 20. We'll give you that one. (laughs) There's your center of the bingo card. Yeah. Yeah. But this week we're talking about season 20, episode one, The Ghost of Costa Abbey, which has no ghost in it. No, there is no ghost in this episode. It was broadcast the 10th of March, 2019, filmed March and April, 2017. So really two years in the can. 6.39 million views, directed by Matt Carter and written by Helen Jenkins. But the most important thing... More important than any viewer numbers or dates or any of that stuff is the fact that Lure appears. And that Badlands, our favorite coroner. And it's Badland. (laughs) Badland, sorry. It's not winters. No. It's winter. (laughs) Fleur Perkins. Yes. 
the most kick-ass coroner in all of Midsummer, as uh, far as I'm concerned. She is since okay. It it goes to me. It goes Fleur, Georgie, Toby. Yeah, that's how and, it goes. And Toby's in what two episodes? Toby's in like two. <laughs> Do you remember his hair? Yes, he has such fantastic. He looks noogied all the time. Yeah. Fleur shows up, basically kicks the door down of the whole episode, and goes, "I'm here <laughs> in my blue jumpsuit," and she's just. Fantastic. Yeah. They tone her down later. Yeah. She's kind of overbearing in this first episode. <laughs> well, she's advocating the castration of an animal two minutes into her scene. And like, seems obsessed with it. Yeah. Like, it's the only <laughs> thing she talks about. Has he still got his nuts? Huh? 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 It's quick. 50 minutes. You should cut him out. off. You should cut him off. My boyfriend can do it. <laughs> Is it weird to you to see a woman of that age talk about a boyfriend? No. Okay. And when I, what I've learned about Annette is that she has a partner. They've never been married. They have no children. And I think she is a woman who has no time or interest in the institution of marriage. Well, Annette Badland is just an ass kicker. Yeah, she is very much an ass kicker. I have a ton of respect for her because she's been an actor for a long time and has never conformed to the typical female beauty standard. Nope. She's never been thin. She's never, you know, had cosmetic dentistry done to fix the gap in her teeth. She's got, you know, kind of an upturned nose. And as somebody who's lived with kind of a puggy nose my whole life, I respect her for that. And yet she has been in everything. Yeah. Including a movie where she sumo wrestles. What? I had an Annette Badlands from the past thing I was going to bring up, but it doesn't involve sumo wrestling. She's in this movie called Secret Society. Okay. Which is about a group of women. Well, she's she plays a woman who needs to bring in more money for her family. I think her husband gets laid off or something like that. And she gets a job and she's talking to the other women that she works with in this factory and finds out that they are all secretly sumo wrestlers. That this that's the fun fantastic. thing they do together. And so she does it. And yeah, I mean, with the full diaper thing and oh, everything, wow. she's fantastic. That's that's great. She's also, her first credit is for a show. I forget if it's a show or a movie called The Naked Civil Servant. Mm -hmm. Do you know what that's about? No. It's about Quentin Crisp and it stars John Hurt. Oh. Like, that's how she started. Yeah. Again, <laughs> kicking the door down. Yeah. What you may not know is that she was in 29 episodes of Bergerac. I didn't know. I knew she was in at least one. Oh, I didn't no. know she was in 29. She was a major character in Bergerac. She played a character named Charlotte, who was a secretary in the office that mm -hmm. Bergerac works out of. She's Money Penny, kind of. Yeah. On Bergerac, 29 episodes. That is superior. Yeah. And you could just pinch her cheeks. She's just, so young. Just Jabberwocky. Yeah. Just. Everything. Everything. So many good things. And Ted Lasso. Yeah. We cannot go over how <laughs> amazing she is in Ted Lasso. I can't think of anything she's been in where she wasn't good. Yeah. They're not always good shows or good movies, but she's always great. Anyway, enough love fest for Floor. Okay. I just had to say it because she's so awesome. Note number one. It's a running theme. You Can you predict what my note number one is? Brazers. <laughs> You're into torches now, aren't you? They're, they're in every episode right now. Not only do the monks have braziers in the, in the flashback to the 1500s here, yeah. 
But later at the beer launch, there are those like LED kind of, you know, fan yep. in the top fabric swishing around kind of braziers. Yep. <laughs> 2022, the year of the brazier. So we go back to 1539 for the cold open. We're in a monastery and some monks are killing another monk. Is this the most set piece cold opening that we've ever seen in Midsummer? By set piece, you mean? Like it is a whole complete story from start to finish. And it's something different than we've seen ever. No, the episode with the guillotine, with the guillotine, oh, I think has an opening good. that is just as kind of immersed. That's, that's pretty good. Where you don't know like what time, where are yeah. we, what's going on. Well, we know what time it is here because we have the old timey font. Yes. And it says 1539. Yes. And Costin Abbey. Yes. Do you know why 1539 is important for this? I would think maybe dissolution of the abbeys, monasteries. Destruction of the monasteries? Yeah. Yeah, that was going on. Okay. But there's something more important here. So in, in 1531, Henry VIII, yep. he who was responsible for the destruction of the monasteries, um, Catholic Church in England, passed a law that said boiling alive is the capital punishment to be used for poisoners. Oh. So this is a few years later, right? Now they do they do something in this episode I wish they did. I wish they could have done. Mm-hmm. Which is it's seen that brother Yosef is the poisoner. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to solve that mystery. You'd like too. to know whether he's really guilty or not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was also the punishment used for high treason at the time too. Yes. It's it's been used as a torture method worldwide. Oh, it's not from, torture. You don't live from it. If they even just dip your legs in it, you're going to die. Because it cooks your blood and then your circulation stops. Wow. It's not pleasant. No. And because I'm Sarah and this is what I Google, I found out that there were quick ways and slow ways. <laughs> is you this could, like the frog in the pan where you, you, you put him in the... In the pot, and then you build the fire? <laughs> no, it's a matter of how much do you want to make this person suffer, right? Yeah. I mean, this is in the same time when people who were executed were drawn and quartered and hanged and beheaded. Like, yeah. Like, let's kill them five different ways. Judas Cradle, all you know, sorts all of that crazy stuff. stuff like that. So there were people who deserved like a quick Duncan death yeah, and like a slow immersion Ugh. because you would live for quite a while. Right. Oof. As you're slowly being lowered in. I wish he, I knew what he said in Latin. Yeah. I love that the subtitles just say a foreign language. It's clearly Latin. Yeah. He's praying. Right. But I found this awesome quote. This is so great. <laughs> okay. So this is from a contemporary report from 1531 where the Bishop of Rochester's cook had been accused of poisoning people. Yep. His name was Richard Ruse. They tortured him. He kind of confessed, but we can't trust that. Yeah. And then they decided they were going to boil him to death, right? So this is what the report says. He roared mighty loud, and diverse women who were big with child did feel sick at the sight of what they saw and were carried away half dead. And other men and women did not seem frightened by the boiling alive, but would prefer to see the headsman at his work. They're like, can you just get it over with? Like cut his head off or whatever. But apparently pregnant ladies were especially uh, sensitive to it. Like, why did they go? Stay home. Yeah. You don't have to go. No. It was employed again in 1542 for a woman who was accused of poisoning. But then during the very next reign, well, the 
first kind of long-term reign, Edward VI, in 1547, it was repealed. So it wasn't oh, okay. done. So it was only so, done from 1531 to 1547. Okay. So and if Joseph right had poisoned somebody later than that, he might have just been drawn, quartered, beheaded, and gutted or something. something. Not boiled. Yes. I was kind of surprised that the monks were doing it to each other, though. Yeah. I'm not, I don't know how common that was. I couldn't find that. No. But, but there are a lot of extras in this. There's a lot of atmosphere and music and titles on the screen, which we don't usually see. No, but yeah, poor Brother Joseph oh. is not a good way to die. So then the door, you hear the splash and the door <laughs> closes and screaming and then it opens and we're at present day. I it's think a good that's transition. a nice transition. It's very good. Yeah. Yeah. And we see... That there are pictures of brothers Joseph, brother Joseph all over the place. But they don't look like him. They don't look like. Because, you know, they didn't have pictures back then. They didn't look like <laughs> the actor, of course. No. But, uh, <laughs> Nor does the dummy in the pot who's holding the beer. No. The but dumb- it is a really good mannequin. It's a super good mannequin. I that- make props like that. I looked at it so closely. I'm like, what do you that, think? Is it- that wax? Is that silicone? I can't tell. But that head is super well done. I got to think it has to be silicon because it's under lights and wax would melt. Okay, but think about Madame Tussauds. I guess. Right? Those yeah. are all wax. Yeah. It's a different kind of wax. That's true. It's much more solid than like candle wax. Yeah. But it's so well done. I I, I can't really accept that it was made specifically for the show. Like it was an existing head they got a hold of and used. And it's so well done. I almost think it has to be somebody. So what you're what you're saying is like he the, looks familiar. The Halloween mask is actually William Shatner. Yeah, right. It's a it's a Star Trek mask mm-hmm. that they just painted white. Right. Sorry. I thought I thought it looked like somebody too. So I did a reverse image search. Oh, clever, good. <laughs> so you take an image and you put it in Google and you can reverse. Because I kept search. looking at it going. It looks like somebody. Who and I got a lot of actors. Okay. And I thought it looked like one guy and he was on that list. So okay. I was like, okay, I think it's that guy. But the first guy they thought it looked like was Stellan Skarsgård. He. He's in the Marvel movies. He's in that detective show where he sees yeah. dead people. He's a Scandinavian. I don't think yeah. it looks like He's him. He's Swedish. But yeah. Yeah. I don't think it looks like him. Yeah. And the, the guy I think it looks the most like is a guy named Tobin Bell. That everyone has seen, but he's one of those guys. Who plays a bit part in everything. He's Saw. If you've seen Saw, uh, he's in X-Files. I'll put a picture of him in the show notes. You've seen him. I thought he looked like the the actor who plays the dad of the Lannisters in Lord and uh, not Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Game of Thrones. Game of Rings. Lord of the Thrones. (laughs) Who gets shot on the toilet. He's a really well-known actor. I thought it looked like him with his face shaved. He's usually got facial hair. But I'm I'm open to other suggestions too. But I, I, maybe he's maybe it's a historical figure. You know, that's that's Charles Dance. Charles Dance, thank yeah. you. Yeah. His name was on the tip of my tongue. Anyhow, yeah. it's a really great head. Whoever did yeah, it. Good it's job. It's a super good head. So we're at the we're at the brewery run by Imani Taylor and her sister Fiza Jindal. And there is brilliant design work 
all over the place here. Yeah. There's posters, there's signs, there's a label on the manic on the the bottles for it's cursed all, brew. It's all really good. I got to get give a high five to Anthony Noble who's the graphic artist for this episode because that label is just pure awesome and then it's on the big banners and everything yeah. too. It's just it's great. So it's a launch for this cursed brew that is a reference to the Costin Abbey curse that Joseph laid on everybody as they we're about to boil them alive and everybody's drinking the beer and it's a, it's supposed to be a pale ale, but it looks really red in the glasses, doesn't it? It does. I think the beer work in this episode is a bit like lax. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they kind of like just kind of fill in the blanks with beer. And then we get Paul's mom, Irene Taylor. So this is the, the, t- the Taylor family, which is, Amani and Paul mm-hmm. and Amani's sister, Fiza, those three people, and really Paul less so. Yeah, run the, the two brewery, women really run the brewery. Run the brewery. Because it only takes two people to run a brewery. <laughs> yeah, that's all it takes. <laughs> and Irene Taylor is it's, Paul's mom. Right. And she cleans. So later he just says the cleaners are coming. You mean your mom is coming. <laughs> your mom, your older mom. Yes. Who drives a little blue Vespa with a yoga mat on it. Is that, She's great. That little blue Vespa is so perfect. I want Fleur to jump on that little Vespa. Oh, she has better than that. She's got a motorcycle she later. She does have a motorcycle later on. They're also not only launching the beer, but they're announcing that soon they will have a book out about the craft beer revolution, the history yeah. of brewing. Amani is formally in PR work, so she's... The media promotions expert. Yeah, she's the businesswoman and, and Fiza is the brewer. Is the brewer. She's so young. You barely think she's old enough to drink beer, never mind make it. And she says a thing later on, which was, this is the only thing I've ever been good at. Yeah, because you're 12. You haven't tried very much yet. I like Fiza. She wears a weird t-shirt later on. I couldn't figure out. Yeah, where the lettering is upside down because yeah. it goes around a circle. Yeah, She's played it says, by... Um, it clearly says mystery on it. Yeah. I don't know what else it says. It she, has uh, runic symbols on it. She's got overalls on with yeah. it, so you can't see it. She She's does. played by Anjali Mohindra, yeah. who actually was a child actress. She was in the Sarah Jane oh, okay. Mysteries, the Doctor Who spinoff. Yeah. She played one of the kids in that. So opposed to the brewery, we have the other group. Yes. The Costin Real Ale Society. And, that, and that's kind of run by a family. The Grundies. The Grundies. Right. So we've got Keith Grundy, who's the Diamond Geezer dad. Yeah. His son, Russell Grundy, who's the councilman. And Toby Grundy, who's the grandson, who is jack of all trades. I, I love how in this family, women are just not even mentioned. They don't need women to nope. have babies in that nope. family. I guess Russell must have given birth to Toby. Yes. <laughs> Ew. (laughs) (laughs) Did you notice Keith's dog's name? Yeah. So Keith's dog's name. It's Ronnie and Reggie. Ronnie and Reggie, the Crays. The Cray brothers. Yeah. He named his dog after the Cray brothers. Like that's trying a little bit too hard. If you don't know who the Crays are, oh boy, you're in for Just give him a Google, K-R-A-Y. But like he has, he has the, the dogs. He's got the gold pinky ring that he's always like, Yep. Look at my pinky ring. Yep. He's always dressed in a suit with a tie, especially pinstripe says suits. Nothing but good about coppers. Yeah. I, mean, I can smell them. They <laughs> I don't, don't touch police. They bruise too easily. <laughs> I mean, he's like, 
I'm tough, damn it, I'm old, but I was dangerous. He also has, and we'll get to this later, a fantastic Afghan. Mm. And I think an OBE. I guess yeah, that's what he's showing them. Because he did charity work, mm-hmm. but that's barely even mentioned. Well, and we see a picture of him in morning coat, right? And a top hat and everything. Yeah. Getting it. Well, getting his OBE. Yes. Not just getting it. <laughs> he gets it. In Midsummer, that would be, what, killed by a wheel of cheese or something yes, weird if you get exactly. it? Exactly. The Barnabys go to the Real Ale Society open day. No one's here from the Oxford branch. <laughs> Russell's really hardcore. This isn't the first time I've seen a show reference real ale people versus everybody else. Like they're all hipstery and and like exclusive. And like if you yeah. don't drink real ale, you don't really drink beer. You don't count. They're they're kind of uppity about it. And I love that Sarah's like, I didn't know there was a difference between craft brew and real <laughs> ale. And like a record scratches. <laughs> the whole place turns around and stares at her. Entire room stops. Barnaby buys. He's trying to decide between old badger botherer. And Golden Opportunity. Yep. <laughs> Which are both awesome Super cool names. beer names. Yep. I was, when I was making my notes, I typed the word Opportunity and Google Docs didn't even try to correct it because it's used so often in beer names that it's like a word now. <laughs> do you, do you want to talk about beer names? Okay. While we're here? Okay. Because speaking of Golden Opportunity. Oh, is this a quiz? It is. Oh. Quiz. So just a couple, first, a couple of examples of opportunity. <laughs> These are all real, actual real world. Okay. Ales. There's opportunity awaits, opportunity knocks, land of opportunity, equal opportunity, and career opportunity. Those are all fantastic. <laughs> but those are not the punniest beer names out there. Oh, this is punny beer names. Craft, That's the quiz. Craft beer makers love punny names. Yep. So I've got 15 for you, some of which are real and some of which I made up. Okay. So and we're going to see whether you can tell the difference. This is real, not real. Now you have to know, audience, I'm not a beer drinker at all. I think nope. it tastes like sweat smells. Nope. It's foul. So I'm not a beer expert, but I think it did a pretty good job here. Excellent. All right. So I'm going to tell you the name of the beer. Okay. And you're going to tell me whether it's real or fake. Okay. Do we have a prediction of how well I'm going to do on this quiz? That's what you do. It's one of 15. Uh, Let's go, let's go for eight. If you think I get you're going to get than, eight. If I get more than eight, I'll be happy. Boom shaka lager. Boom shaka lager. Boom shaka lager, shaka lager, shaka boom. Real I, or fake? I'm going to go fake. Nope, it's real. Oh. It's made by a, um, a group called Terrapin Beer. Sorry, you got that one wrong. Yep. How about lager? I barely knew her. That's fake. That is fake. Good job. How about fermentation without representation? <laughs> Real or fake? Uh, I'm going to go real. It is real. It's a pumpkin porter. Oh. Okay. Because a lot of, like, there is a long tradition, especially in New England, of beer brewing. All right. How about Red Red Redemption? That's fake. It is fake. Man, you're doing too well here. Am I giving it away somehow? I don't know. How about Ipocalypse Now? It's (laughs) Ipacalypse Now. That's real. It is. Man. Where am I at? You are four for five. Four for five. Audrey Hopburn. That's fake. No, it's real. Oh. Oh, it's a Belgian IPA from Ohio. Little Hop of Horrors. That's real. No. Oh. (laughs) Stout of Body Experience. (laughs) 
Now, I know there's lots of like supernatural names, so I'm going to go real. No. Oh. I made that one up. You're doing good. <laughs> so uh, you are five for eight. How about six, six, eight, neighbor of the beast? That's okay. I know that's an album. <laughs> so I'm going to say fake. No, it's real. Oh. And I think it's really clever because it's not 667 or 665 no, it's because six, that six, would be on the opposite side of the street. Yes. <laughs> the neighbor of the beast. How about pathological logger? That's real. It is. Good job. Need two more. Darkest sour just before dawn. That's fake. It is fake. <laughs> Malt and Peppa. That's real. No. Oh. <laughs> it's a play on salt and Peppa. How about Hop Child in the City? That's real. No. Oh, oh sorry. No, that is real. Okay. <laughs> okay, you got two more to go. Okay. Tupac Shapporter. That's fake. No, it's real. Tupac Shapporter. Yes. <laughs> it's real. How about Elementary My Beer Watson? That's fake. It is fake. Oh, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You got nine out of 15. Nice. I did better than I thought I would. What was your favorite? The Tupac Shakur one is pretty good. The Tupac Shapporter. You yeah. like that one? Yeah, what's your favorite? Um, what's the favorite real one and the favorite that you made up? My favorite real one has got to be Boom Shaka Lager. Because it's just <laughs> fun to say. Boom Shaka Lager. Shaka Lager, Shaka Boom. And I think my fake, my favorite fake one that I made up um, is probably Little Hop of Horrors. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Which you got wrong, so it was convincing. Yep. But you also got stout of body experience wrong, so. I've had a stout of body experience. That's my quiz for you. Excellent. I'm going to give you $20 and change back, but only in two pound coins. <laughs> they must like weigh your pants down. Uh, coming from a country that has two pound coins, mm. they do in fact weigh your pants down, except for Canada is so non-cashy right now. It's not fun. Most places are. Yeah. But I would expect that the real ale society will probably never take cards. Everything has to be genuine. Uh, which yeah. is why it's counterfeit money. They have to use their counterfeiter to. <laughs> According to the, the UK banks, 1% of their two pound coins are probably counterfeit. In wow. circulation. Wow. At least 1%. That's a lot. It is. It's more than we estimate quarters in the U.S. are fake. In Canada. They're but, hard to make. They have like an inner core and an outer core. Yeah. They have two colors of metal and they're fancy. Did you notice the big bird statue at the brewery? No, but you showed it to me and that is a gigantic bird statue. It's like. I can't believe how big it is. It's like a 10 foot tall raven on a stump. Yeah. It's fantastic. And no one pays attention to it. I can only assume it's actually there. Yeah. Because it's too big to be a set piece. Why would they do that? Yeah. Right. It has nothing to do with the theme of the beer or no. anything like that. So I think it must be a real work of art. It's fantastic. But I could yeah. not find anything about it. If if anybody listening knows anything about, and we'll post a picture in the show notes about, it looks like it's carved stone probably. Yeah. I'd love to know more. Oh, I have it's other awesome. homework for our listeners too. Oh, okay. Once we get to the book. Well, then we got Adam Osaba dead in a vat. Adam is like, he steals some robes, which all the people working at the brewery. Yeah. All the wait staff are wearing most robes. robes. So. I don't really know why he gets in a robe. 
Yeah, because everybody there kind of knows him, but yeah. I guess he's there for nefarious purposes, so he doesn't want anybody to recognize that he's there. That's yeah. my only explanation. Why are you cleaning up? I have people to do that. That is the least Paul line ever. No, the cleaners are coming in the morning. Yeah, like Paul would- His mom is coming in the morning. Paul would stay late and clean. I think he's that kind of guy. And if his mom is coming to clean in the morning, why does she start in the brewer, in the brewing building? Yeah. Why does she even go in that building? I don't know. She should start in that room where they had the tasting and there's all the junk. Yep. But somehow she realizes something's wrong because poor Adam is brewed in a barrel. I don't think she would have noticed it. I don't don't think think she would have been in that building. She wouldn't have noticed a shoe up on like a floor above her. I mean, his bag is sitting on the floor. Okay, that's weird. Yeah. But she would not have gone up there and said, oh, a shoe. I think I'll open this boiling vat. Yes. But she does. Who knows why she does? She's yet another cleaning lady who finds a body and screams. Yeah. She's a Mrs. Bundy. She is. Adam has been boiled alive just like Brother Joseph. Yes. And then Fleur shows up. Oh, Fleur. Are you a smoker, a heavy drinker? I give you another 30 years. That's that what she says when he says time of death. Opening line. <laughs> I'll need to consult a specialist and possibly a cookbook. I don't know who. <laughs> Are you Cam's replacement? I don't know who Cam is. They clearly had no sense of boundaries. She's a bit stern with them initially. Adam was there because he was writing the the brewing book. With he was a ghostwriter, but he's also helping Keith write his memoir. He's helping Jenny write a book. Yeah, he he's prolific. He's busy. He is. And he well, also he helps needs Sylvia Gates to, yeah. <laughs> to keep him going. He helps Sylvia, the stage actress, retired stage actress in town, write her memoir. Yes. He's working hard. And now he's boiled to death. We don't even get to see more than his shoulder because he's only being held together by his clothes. Yeah. He's like a pot roast. Yeah, but in a jacket. How, how could the robe, the monk's robes, hold him together? I assume his clothes were on underneath it. He didn't strip down naked and put the robe on. You're not a fainter, are you? <laughs> I'll get you a chair. <laughs> he does. Barnaby makes a pretty sick face when she pulls the sheet back. It, it's got to be gross. More, got to smell bad. Mm-hmm. Like like beer and cooked meat? Yeah. Ugh. Not in a good way. I hope it smells bad. Yeah. Because it might smell good. If it smells good, <laughs> that's worse. Ooh, what's that wonderful? Ugh. I've put beer in a pork roast before, yeah. you know, yep. <laughs> and it smelled nice. We're long pig, right? That's what yeah. they call people. <laughs> it might have smelled like a good pork roast. Ew, yucky, yucky, yucky. Yuck. <laughs> Adam, for for how hard he works, why does he use cassette tapes to record everything? I don't know. Wouldn't he have a digital recorder? It, Can you imagine having to scrub through cassette tapes to transcribe your notes? His whole workflow needs to be criticized. <laughs> <laughs> he, when they go to his house, Barnaby just makes a bad face the whole time. I don't know why. I don't. I don't think it's on purpose. It just happens that those are the shots they use but he has this scrunched up grossed out face all the time did you notice he has a really nice old big light phone too? yes it's green and it's a rotary yep. and it's hooked up to his 1982 answering machine with day dave reed leaving a message which or, is next to all of his cassette tapes damie gives chase and i only have one note that says into the mud scum queen <laughs> which is a reference <laughs> 
very obscure reference to the man with two brains with Steve Martin. <laughs> so Kwame Asante shows up and yep. Winter has to chase him. And of course, he chooses to tackle him when they're above a mud puddle. Yes. So they have to roll around. Yep. But man, Winter can book. I don't know who's a better runner, Winter or Nelson. Uh, they're both like gazelles. There. Yep. They yep. got the long legs and they're just going. And they totally, he totally tackles him, gets away. He doesn't get away. My family thinks I'm at a conference. Because we find out that Kwame Asante is the former partner of Adam. Yes. Though he says here that they just met. And this is something I like about this episode. The thing I like about this episode is all of the red herrings make sense. Like he lies to the cops here. Mm -hmm. He lies about being gay. Mm -hmm. He lies about faking Adam's death in the first place. Mm -hmm. He does all that. Like, he has a very good reason to kill Adam. Yeah. He has super good reasons to kill Adam. Yeah. And I like that the the red herrings have that. They're not even red herrings. Yeah. They're, they're actual, all alternative motives. Yeah. They're potential legitimate motives. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I love that they invite Fleur for dinner and that Winter has not met her yet. Yeah. And Sarah has not met her yet. <laughs> and Barnaby tells them nothing. Not Winter checks himself in the mirror yeah. because who knows? She could be hot, right? Yep. She could be pretty. He liked Cam. And she comes to the door and just busts in and goes, cut that dog's nuts off, basically. <laughs> the notes I have for that <laughs> are Patty, castration, chainsaw, boyfriend. <laughs> Sorry, I'm late. I was removing a chainsaw from a chest cavity. I wish these farmers wouldn't drink. That's what she says as she walks in <laughs> with two bottles of wine and says, yeah. where's the corkscrew? <laughs> Not, hi, I'm Fleur. Nice to meet you. No. Nothing. Just no. like, where's the party? Yeah. I'm here. Yeah. He's still got his testicles. That's your problem. <laughs> you say Patty. that. You say that in a different context. Yeah. Poor Patty. <laughs> Man. Floor has it out for his castration. He That's does. And Patty growls at a stranger in his own home. I yeah. think that's okay. He doesn't lunge at her. He doesn't yeah. try to bite her. <laughs> and Betty? Where's Betty? Mm. Nowhere to be seen. No idea. Yeah. Finds out that the boyfriend is the boyfriend. Uh, you yeah. mean that, that Kwame yeah. and Adam were married before, yeah. right? And because... Kwame has the prepaid phones yes. in his bag that they had to, if they ever needed to get in contact because they were deep in debt together. So Adam decided to fake his own death, make it look like a suicide. So Kwame could get the life insurance, but he has since remarried. Then they've adopted a child and he has his own life. And now Adam is saying, I've got this big story. I'm going to, I'm going to come out as being still alive, yes. which that motive, I understand that Kwame would be really threatened by that. He has a life and Adam would have turned it upside down and made him a criminal. Adam would have also been a criminal. If Adam came out of hiding and said, I faked my death, yeah. he would also be going to jail. I don't care how big the story is. He'd be yep. going to jail. It definitely. For fraud. Like, there's some issues there in terms of that. And next we go to. And a story about a brewery. Sell, reselling somebody else's beer as theirs is not no. a good enough story. No. When it's their first beer. But like, the actress story is good enough. Yeah, but that gets out anyway. Yeah. Right? I mean, if this was, 
you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a, of a big, a big brand name reselling somebody else's product as theirs. That would be like if Starbucks was selling Folgers this whole time. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that maybe. would be big enough, but not this. Yeah. The next thing we go to is Costin Town Council. <laughs> and I am completely enamored by a thing that shows up on the screen momentarily. Well, so this is Russell Gardner because he's a town counselor. Yes. He's played by Tony Gardner, who basically plays the very same character in the Larkins. Yes. Except in the 1950s. He's the same stuck up poncy bureaucrat who thinks that he can get away who with whatever. Who has something going on on the side. Of course, he has a secret. Yeah. 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 And he he gets his in the Larkins, too. <laughs> I just, I love how he's like, well, you can ask me any questions you want to in front of these other gentlemen. No, and no. And they do. And This is the scene before that. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, so, so what the, do you see? He's putting down papers on the table. Uh-huh. Did you look at those papers? No. And across the top, they say Coston Town Council. Okay. It has an earl mm-hmm. that doesn't go anywhere. Okay. I almost bought the Earl because it's midsummercouncil.co.uk. <laughs> uh, and then it says Miss K. Kemble, ACIS town clerk. All right. Now that that's interesting for two reasons. Do you know what ACIS is about? No. Well, in England, there's an association of chartered governance. Okay. And they give out accreditations for local government people. Okay. So this is a way, if you want to become a civil servant in yeah. England, especially at a local level, you get this. And it's like, I saw a lot of people with this and accounting or masters mm-hmm. along with their names. So this is like a stamp of approval that says, you know the rules and you can work for a local government. Yes. And you'll follow those rules. Now, Kay Kemble is also interesting mm-hmm. because Kay Kemble or Kira Kemble is an art department art director on several Midsummer ah, episodes. So somebody's playing a little joke, putting her name on it, or she and put her own name on it as a joke. I, I, she didn't work on this episode, oh, okay. so I'm assuming that somebody who worked on this episode knew her yeah. and used her name. But we have seen her name before. Was it on the credit card? No, it oh. wasn't the credit card. In the episode Sleeper Under the Hill, mm-hmm. Sarah Barnaby goes away mm-hmm. and she leaves a pie mm-hmm. for Barnaby to eat. Mm-hmm. And that is a Kemble Fine Foods pie. Oh, <laughs> you must have just searched your notes to I see. I did. I did. And there's no Kemble Fine Foods in England. That's fun. So. Little, yeah, little, little callback there. That's absolutely an Easter egg that no one would ever get, but we did. <laughs> well, another thing I noticed that I got to reference the art department on here is that on the incident board in the police station early on, the photo of, of Adam they have is of him almost like a selfie looking into the camera wearing yeah. a toque or sock hat, whatever you want to call it. And when they later find out that he had faked his death, the story that ran in the newspaper about his death is the very same photo. Before they know. So before they know that he's actually Adam Dumont, they have a picture of Adam Dumont. So Where did they get the it's picture? It's a mistake. <laughs> mm, yeah. I mean, it really should have been a more contemporary photo on the board at that point. Yeah. Because if they found the picture, then they would have already known that he wasn't who he said he was. Wouldn't you change your first and last name? (laughs) No, because it would be so hard to learn a new first name. I guess. 
maybe. I mean, take it from somebody whose last name has changed quite a bit. I can, you can handle that a little bit easier than changing your first name. It's harder, I would guess. We go to see our actress, who is Sylvia Reynolds. Mm -hmm. And she is well known. So there's pictures of her at Stratford and mm-hmm. there's movie of her at Stratford. Is, that's is that not, her? That's not her. That's not her? No. Okay. That's a different actress playing young Sylvia. Okay. So there's- But a- Sylvia is played by Elaine Page, yeah. who is a famous stage actress in England. She's done tons of theater, including musical theater. She's very well known. She so- basically plays herself here. Well, except- in actuality, she Elaine Page has a much bigger career than Sylvia does. Yes. And she says, I need to perform a stage cleansing ritual. Yeah. So what uh, stage is she talking about? I think she's talking about the stage that she's gonna go work on. Yeah, but that's not where the murder happened, right? Or I, is there a stage at the Abbey she's talking about? I don't know. Okay. Gosh, she wears jewelry. So, so much. So much jewelry. She wears more necklaces than Mr. T. For her to do it, I don't know that she's not going to scrub the floor, no. right? She's probably going to wad some sage up and light it and wave it around. Yeah. Like a, a smudge or whatever they call them. Yeah. And go, woo you know, maybe recite some Shakespeare. Maybe. I don't think she's authentic in that. So we go back to Counselor Grundy and we ask him the question about him and Toby, <laughs> which is so great. And he's like, oh. <laughs> Toby is- Toby's DNA. So, so Grundy DNA is at Adam's house. Yeah. And it turns out to be Toby's because it has to be either Keith, Russell, or Toby. It turns out to be Toby's because not only was he there to do odd jobs for Adam, but he was also there to steal the tape for Sylvia. So Toby's sign, his little flyer thing, yeah, is really well done because it looks like a flyer created by a kid. Yeah. And it's a half page. Yeah. Which is more economical than a full yeah. page. You can cut them in half. Shelving construction is one of the things. He Door puts together IKEA furniture. Flat pack <laughs> assembly. Hey, some people would hire somebody to do that. Decking. Decking. He can build a deck. He mm. can. He can clear weeds and branches. We need this dude. Can we hire Toby yes, to come we. over and do some landscaping for us? Yes. There is, in addition to the picture of Adam on the incident board that shouldn't be there yet. Yes. A second incident. There's a second incident board. It's the glass one. It's behind Barnaby quite a bit. And it's about an arson. Yes. No, it's about a murder. Oh. So on that board are the following. There's a shovel with a ruler and a point on the shovel. Okay. Like there's something on the shovel. Like blood spatter or something. Um, There's a poster from the last episode. This concert should be free poster oh, is yeah. on, that, on nice. that board. There are fingerprints with people's names associated with them. There's a thing that says supplies from this sale invoice, sales invoice used in arson of fur barn. Or tar barn. Tar barn or something. There's a sales invoice. Yep. There's also x-rays of a cranium with a radial fracture in it. Oh. So I think somebody got beamed by a shovel in an arson. There's a picture of a barn with a whole big pile of stuff in it. Mm -hmm. That's clearly been burned. And one piece of paper is listed as urgent. I love that because it's like a whole nother mystery on that board. Yeah. That we don't know anything about. It's better than the cat board, remember? Yes. (laughs) Where has this cat been? And I don't know if we're supposed to think that they're working that case too. 
yeah. or other people on the team are working that case. But they sure all over that board. He turns and when he looks at the, the two beers through the light, he's looking through that board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the sun. So then we find out what Amina's scheme has been, that she has been substituting off the shelf beer for half of the beer that they're selling because they can't produce enough to keep up with demand because Russell won't let them expand the brewery because he's on the town council and they keep voting it down. Which is okay. You just don't take the orders. Just say we can't fill all the orders. Well, but Amina is not a logical businesswoman. Well, she's, no, she's an alcoholic. She's an alcoholic and she puts success over ethics, right? Yes. So she's willing to do this because she's like, People don't know the difference. If you put it in a fancy bottle, they won't say anything. And like, yeah, but one's a, a blonde beer that looks like Budweiser and the other one's red. Yeah, I mean, just, there's a big difference between those two beers. It's so fakety fake. And it seems like a lot of trouble, too, to buy barrels or, or kegs and of somebody else's. she's got to convince somebody because she's not bottling it. No, there. she's not out there with a tap going <laughs> into the yeah. bottle and putting I mean, they would have a line, yeah. right? Well, well, no, they just need two people to run the entire brewery. <laughs> Poor Fiza must do a lot of work. Well, that's okay, because she gets killed. Yes. Okay. So then we have this scene where Paul goes to a construction site. Mm-hmm. And he throws her jacket. Amina's bloody shirt. Into a hole and covers it with. Concrete. Concrete. And they do a really nice shot there. Yeah. Of the camera is in the ground and he it has plastic over it. And yeah. He, he shovels the concrete on it. It's a nice shot. Because this shirt has blood on its sleeve. Yeah. And she has a cut on her arm. And she's such an alcoholic. She passed out the night of the launch. And she doesn't know whether she may have killed Adam. But that doesn't make her go, I've got to stop. No. Right? How on earth did the people around her who supposedly love her say, you're an alcoholic, but go ahead and open a brewery. Why didn't he say this is not a good business for you, Amina? You have a problem with alcohol. The last thing you need to do is be around alcohol all the time. Yeah, like that may have been the wrong choice to go into. She's, I mean, by trade, she's a publicist and a marketer. She, yep. she could have started all kinds of businesses. It didn't have to be a brewery. Yeah. It's just, it's a bad decision on her part. <laughs> <laughs> many of one of many bad decisions. So the old guy's watching a Western mm-hmm. on TV and he has a little interaction with Jenny here, but I'm convinced this may be the first Wilhelm scream that we hear. Oh, I don't think so. I think we heard one in the hammer movie episode. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. I think so. But there's definitely a Wilhelm. Scream. You should insert the Wilhelm scream here. Which you've all heard. You've before. all heard. If you yeah. didn't know, that's what it was called. You've heard yeah. it. It yeah. is the quintessential scream for movies yeah. and TV. <laughs> and it's the same one yes. used over and over all, all over the place. So well, let's talk about Keith for a little bit. Okay. Right. We talked about him kind of being a tryhard about being a, a geezer and a gangster and everything. Yeah. We find out at the end of the episode, we can tell his whole arc. He puts up this big brave face, mm-hmm. but it's all face. Yeah. He was just ba- mostly a babysitter and a chauffeur. Yeah. He pretends. That he was like a cray, like he was part of this gang. And it's a thing that he connects with his grandson. Of. Because it impresses Toby yeah. to think that his grandpa was a bad guy yeah, and went to prison for it and then came out and said, I'm going to do better with my life and decided to yeah. do a bunch of charity work, right? But in reality, 
he started faking that story when he was in prison because it kept him alive to pretend to be a tough guy. Yeah. And when he came out, he just kept doing it. Yes. It is a well-developed character. Yeah. For a midsummer kind of secondary character. It's and a never good mind story the for fact him. that they have the whole counterfeiting subplot too, mm-hmm. which gives like Toby has a reason to kill Adam. Yeah. Because Adam knows the truth. Not only does Toby have a reason to know, uh, to kill Adam. So does Russell. Cause so he doesn't does want Russell. his family name. He doesn't down. Want his, so again, I keep coming back to this. There are a lot of people with a reason to kill Adam and or. So Adam initially Amani. is trying to figure out the, about this, this kind of murder that Keith references of this guy, Charlie. Right. Yeah. So Adam is like, if you won't tell me where Charlie is and how he was killed, I'll find out. First, he's after that information. So he's going through all of Keith's gang contacts to try to find that out. And what he finds out in that process is that Keith was never really a gangster. And so now he can completely uncover this guy who's since got an OBE and all his recognition and is nothing like he says he was, Yep. which would undermine not only Keith, but Russell and Toby, their whole family name would be trashed, right? So Keith isn't capable of it, but that certainly gives Russell a motive and gives Toby a motive. Yep. Absolutely. Great motives on that side. And Keith, well, Keith, that, who is the actor who plays Keith? What's his name? His name is Michael Byrne. And you he, probably remember him from playing Nazis in lots of different things, yes, like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yes, he's, he's the <laughs> Nazi that goes over the cliff in the Indiana yeah. Jones and the <laughs> He's Last either uh, a Nazi or a gangster. He's yeah. got amazing eyes. Yeah, he is. Oh, my super, gosh. Super good actor. His Absolutely eyes are great. so awesome. Yeah. There's like this blue, blue, blue. So then there's the whole Sylvia storyline, which is she tells something to Adam on a tape mm-hmm. and then has Toby steal the tape. Yeah, because she had had a little bit too much to drink and started bad mouthing another actress. Yeah. And dishing all the dirt and calling names and everything. And Adam releases that. That story gets printed. Oh, when she sees the comments on the story, like, who is this lady? This yeah. is a story from a nobody. We, I don't even know who she is. Yeah. She's so devastated. That story is pretty word for word what it is. There's no hidden stuff in there at all. No. But. She's not aging gracefully. She's not saying my career is is over no. and I can enjoy my time now doing no. something different. She just keeps trying to recapture that and, and I stardom. Think that's it's not an interesting storyline. And she has every reason to kill Adam then too. And I love that it, Elaine Page, who actually does that for a living, is playing that character because her her career is gangbusters, right? But I'm sure as an as an actress, she's had those moments where she's yeah. like, is my career over? Should I just hang it up now? Or should I accept smaller parts, you yeah. know, accept older roles, Yeah, accept that I'm not who I used to be. And so it, I think it's brave of her as an actress to play a part of somebody who's so kind of parallel to who she actually is. So then we have Amani's death scene. And this is a good death scene. It is they do a great job of juxtaposing the Barnaby house with the murder. Mm-hmm. Right. And she doesn't say, oh, it's you. No, she doesn't. <laughs> she goes, what? Yeah. Or something. <laughs> but I did more research on this episode, on this one scene, unfruitfully, than anything else in the episode. What scene? The Red Riding Hood reading scene. <laughs> it's so inconsequential. <laughs> 
There are somewhere in the neighborhood of 4,000 Red Riding Hood books. <laughs> you tried to find Amazon. exactly the book he's reading to Betty, tried to who find. you don't see. That is a He's talking weird, to a pillow. <laughs> weird book. It if is. you look at the, the Red Riding Hood eyes, mm-hmm. they are giant, okay? And second of all, there are flies in yes. every one of those pictures. I don't know why there are flies. It is a weird book. I guess grandma's dead under the bed or I, something. There are flies all over that book. I couldn't, and it, it has a U. Um, An like, ISBN on the back? No, like a UPC. Like symbol. a barcode? Yeah, like okay. a barcode. I think it's a real book, but I couldn't find it. So- Dear listener, <laughs> if you it, recognize this little red riding book, let us know what yeah, it is. It's clearly entitled Red Riding Hood, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have an author on the front, but it's not a bedtime story. No, this is a story from the 17th century. It's a Grimm's fairy tale story, right? I mean, best case scenario is that grandma is imprisoned at like, the very best and, by an anamorphic wolf. Who, who can talk. talks, who would be terrifying, and then is killed by a woodsman who comes in and chops his head off with an axe. That is... That's the good version. That is, at the very least, the least gruesome part of this story. But There are tons of, like, if you think about it, this is, let's just say the wolf is a man. Mm-hmm. Okay, which is completely understandable. Mm-hmm. He gets into bed and kidnaps and or kills grandma. Mm-hmm. And then dresses as her. <laughs> All sorts of weirdness. It's not a happy story. No. There might be justice at the end, but grandma's yeah. still dead or whatever, and there's a wolf, and it's it's not, I don't want to hear it before I go to bed at night. <laughs> there's much better happy stories. the red stories. riding hood is like totally blood and, Ugh. Oh. It's not happy. It's not <laughs> But you still want to know what what version of it that book is because you want to know about the flies. Yep. (laughs) Whose skeleton or skull is in the Abbey ruins basement where the counterfeiting setup is? Before we get there, let's talk about the stabby stabby. Okay. Okay. Amani stabby stabby. So Amani is stabbed with. Impaled. Impaled. On a double headed mattock. Which is a long pole-like tool with two prongs at the end to aid in lifting heavy sacks. How would that be helpful, lifting a sack? I don't know. It would be the opposite of helpful, living, lifting a sack. I don't know. Because it's much harder to lift a, a, a sack on the end of a stick. Yes. Than directly. There's no leverage. No. It's anti-leverage. So, so then we see scene of the crime, and it's from shot from above. And she's near a little like memorial or a little plaque. And my first thought is, well, that's not where she was killed. She must have been drugged there. I'm like, okay. And then you see the drag five marks. minutes later. There's like drag marks. But her uh, body is found on the same spot that Brother Joseph was boiled to in death. memoriam executed on this site. Brother Joseph, fifteen thirty nine, is what it says. So, so I what guess- do you think that's made of? That thing. Um, the thing that's supposed to look like a metal plaque set in the ground. Yes. Um, I think it's probably plaster. I think it's probably plaster on top of wood because yeah. the, the edges are really smooth. Yeah, it's probably plywood with plaster on top. But it's not cast stone. No, it's no, no. It's not actually no. stone. But the fact that it's there, I guess, implies that since the 1500s, everybody has decided that Brother Joseph wasn't guilty. Yeah. Because if he really did poison the beer and kill a bunch of people, he kind of got what he deserved 
Well, okay. And doesn't deserve, well, I mean, he, he was a, He should have been... Punished. Punished for his crimes however, adequately. Yes, but he doesn't deserve a memorial Especially if he, he was killed innocent. a bunch of people. Yeah. If he might be a mass murderer. Right, right. He may have killed half the town. Yeah. We don't know if he did it. And him cursing the Abbey doesn't make him any more or less guilty. No. He would do that either case, right? It all comes down to the Rhoda. So that for, doesn't make any sense to me. I'm sorry. Okay. The plot in this episode is really good, but Amina was never going to be in the brewery the night of no, the launch. No, she ever. was not going to bring it. It was the night of the launch. Why would she be there that night? She would not have been working that night. So for our American people, a rota is a schedule or a rotation. Mm-hmm. But I, I know that word is weird. Rota. Yeah. Rota. But it's, such, it's just the schedule, right? Of who's supposed to do what when. Yes. And we find out that Amina had cirrhosis. Stage two. Mm-hmm. Lots because, of Because, as mentioned, alcoholic. And Fleur is like, she's an abused wife. So now we're like looking at Paul. Which I can completely understand from the they evidence. They do such a good job at putting Paul in our headlights. Yeah. And we're to the point of the worst birthday party ever, which we'll get to. <laughs> <laughs> we're still thinking Paul at that point. Yeah. I, I never really believed that. I assumed that. Her injuries were due to her being really drunk and falling a lot and stuff. See, I remember when I saw this episode the first time, I was like, oh, I was kind of surprised. That's a trick because he doesn't seem like an abusive spouse. He seems very supportive and kind. Yes. And like a good dad. Yeah. But not only is Amina an alcoholic and a workaholic and kind of unethical, she's also abusive when she's drunk. Yes. And has attacked him and hurt him. He's yeah. got bruises and scratches. And he pulls up his shirt and it looks like she pummeled like, him and pummeled clawed him, him and wolverined him. Yeah. And I find his explanation completely believable. Oh. He does a really good job. He he does. And we'll, and that's Jason Morales, by the way. He's in Agatha Raisin now. now I love him in Agatha Raisin. He's yep. so good in he, it. He's, so, he's just, he's a good actor. Yep. So let's do. The crumbling wall now. So we find that the wall is collapsed. There's a skeleton in the wall. I think we're supposed to think that's Brother Joseph. Oh, okay. They would have buried him there on consecrated ground? No. I I guess. No. But what we really find is all the two pound coins. (laughs) I think it would take a really high level of skill to counterfeit those coins. And I don't think Toby picked that up. I don't think it's a machine that you can just plug a coin in and say, copy. Yeah. <laughs> Duplicate, please. And they go back and talk to Keith, and this is where he has the Afghan. The Afghan. Yes. That you're infatuated with. So that uh, the Granny Square Afghan on his lap. Yes. So as early as 1830, Thomas Carlyle mentioned Afghan shawls. And as, wasn't referring to no, fabrics from the Middle East. No. Uh, it is a handcrafted object shown in a state fair and exhibitions along with patchwork and knitted quilts. So we don't know why they're called Afghans? Um, Mostly because there were so many textiles coming out of Afghanistan Mm -hmm. and India at that time, Mm -hmm. like... um, Pashminas and all kinds of stuff like that. Pashminas and... Saris and... Rugs and... That fabric that has the weird shapes on it, which is... Paisley. Paisley. Yeah. That's also... All that's Indian. Yeah. And Afghan. But, But... A crocheted granny square afghan could not be less exotic if it tried. (laughs) It it just became handmade. Yeah, it just stood for handmade. So the idea that they're granny squares comes from this notion that 
you take a bunch of extra materials you have left over it's from scraps. Uh, yeah, scraps. Yarn. Yeah. And you give them to you make the squares. Mm-hmm. And usually have kids make the squares, right? That's a great learning technique. Mm-hmm. But Granny, who can't get around, she sews them all together. Ah, so she and assembles. Th- and that's their squares for Granny. Ah, okay. So everybody makes them and then gives them to Granny and she makes the Afghan from them. She makes the Afghan from them. I bet you we have listeners who have made Granny Square Afghans. Oh, I know I have. Did. My mother did. I've probably made 10 of them yeah. over time. They're a really good way to use up scrap yarn. Yeah. He's got and they're one. They're colorful yeah. and they're handmade. It's very not posh though for no. a guy who's like, I'm so posh. It's super not posh. Uh, they were very fashionable at, at one point in time for to be worn against... Uh, dust and wind on summer drives. Well, yeah, when you had an open top car, yeah. you needed something to keep you from yeah. getting covered in dirt yep. while you were driving. What I, <laughs> what I like here is there is a nice reveal of Keith. Mm-hmm. And then there's a nice reveal of Sylvia when she's talking to the screen, watching the movie. She's so sad. She's so sad. And she does such a good job mouthing that character. I wanted to know whether or not it was. It wasn't her. But she has been in enough plays. I'm sure she knows those lines yep. by heart anyway. Yeah. Yeah. The actress who plays young Sylvia is credited. So it's not her. Paul has Imani's blood all over his jumper. Something's up with Jenny. Let's go find them both at the worst birthday party ever. <laughs> because it's their son's sixth birthday. Yep. Why haven't they blown up the bouncy castle yet? They set the table, but didn't inflate the bouncy castle. It's kind of inflated. No, it's not. It's partially inflated. It's it's, it's in a lump in the corner. Like, come on, do things in order here. We find out Jenny is terminally ill. Yes. And she is. She has the same thing her sister had. Determined. It's cancer. Her mother. Yeah. Well, yeah, her sister, her mother. But she's determined that Imani won't raise her kids because she's afraid that her being an alcoholic puts her kids in danger well, she, because she drives drunk she and everything knows else. knows they're in danger. Yeah. She has hurt her son. Yes. He's got bruises. Finn has been abused and by Imani. Dr- and she's driven the children drunk. Yes. But instead of taking Paul aside and going, look, this is not okay. She you gotta do something, have. maybe. See, Paul is the abused here. Yeah. Right? So we need to flip this script and see Paul as the abused spouse mm-hmm. and see him acting as the making ex- excuses make for her, excuses. feeling like it's gonna he get better loves someday. Imani. Yeah, he I does. Agree. I agree. He does. So she may have talked to him. But she still goes to kind of an extreme solution. Oh, she does. Like, well, if you won't listen, I'll just kill her. Yep. <laughs> So I'll look at the Rhoda and hang out in the brewery when I know she's going to do her shift, which she was never going to do. She was never going to do. But the fact that she kills Adam is understandable that he knows immediately why she's there. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's been helping her with her little book that she's writing because she knows she's dying. Yeah. Right. So he knows how desperate she is. So we immediately feel bad. For Jenny. I love that Shink's ahead of enough to have on a protective suit because she's going to knife Amani and she won't get any blood on her. Yeah, she does. She It is premeditated. She's ready. Yeah, it is very premeditated. <laughs> I'm going to wait up here on the scaffolding for her and I'm going to kill her up here. Yep. Why is the vat open for Adam to fall into? It wouldn't be. It would be closed all the time. It's that That is the weakest part of this episode. Mm-hmm. 
But then she kills Imani. Yep. You know? She's not done. She doesn't get her the first time. She gets Adam by accident. I really do think that was an accident. But she should have dropped the knife and said, you're not who I'm after. But she needs an accomplice. And then you get the big reveal of the episode, which is... Paul's mom Paul's mom helped. Not directly. No. She gives her an alibi. She gives she her pretends an alibi. to be her and walks Keith's she dog. She might get She's an accessory to murder. Yeah, she's an accessory. She is. Because she knows she's gonna go murder somebody and she doesn't stop her. No. And no. that's that's illegal no. to not call the police and report it. And certainly after the fact too. Yes, after the fact too. She's an accessory for sure. Yeah. So Paul's ex-wife is dead. So then or Paul- his his ex-wife is dying, his current wife is dead, and his mother helped. Yeah. And he's like, you killed my wife. Mm-hmm. He is sad at yeah, the end. he is. And then we have the saddest birthday party ever. <laughs> Poor Finn. <laughs> Blow out the candles. You'll never see me again. This is my last birthday with my children. Even if she wasn't terminally ill, just your mom getting arrested at your birthday party is sucky. Never mind that she's also terminally ill. And grandma's going to prison too. Then it's just Paul and Fiza there going, I guess these kids are going to show up soon. I, I don't know. You know, like, what do you do? <laughs> Worst party ever. Yep. And any parent walking into that room would immediately <laughs> know something was up. The vibe for this party is kind of off. Why are there police cars outside? <laughs> I remember taking my kids to parties when they were little where the, the parents of the birthday kid were fighting. Oh, yeah. And you could tell. You know right away. You know right away. It's like a fight in the Chuck E. Cheese parking lot. It's going to go down. Like, let's just give him the present and say we got to (laughs) go. And then, like, okay, we're at the Abbey at the very end of the episode. Yep. This is the memorial site. Yep. And Floor has to talk about Patty's balls again. Again. Let it go, woman. Did you see the (laughs) plaque for the curse of Costin Abbey? Which should be the name of the episode. It should be the curse. on the sign. Yes. Because there's no ghost. Yeah. It should be the curse. Yeah. There's there's a picture of three monks in a bat. (laughs) But there's your evidence, though, that the body is Joseph. Because there's a picture of the skull on the plaque. So they must have made the connection and said that was Joseph's body. Then there's a big coffee and tea trailer. And you see in the overshed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Best corpse. Ah! Nice corpse. Best corpse. Adam or Imani? I'm going to say Imani. Yeah, because we don't really see Adam. We just see see, his shoulder. Yeah, but Imani's pretty good. You got to give it to Imani for laying there with the the being impaled and everything. Yep, absolutely. After the credits, worst birthday ever. I predict (laughs) Finn doesn't celebrate his birthday very much for the rest of his life. It's probably kind of a bad day for him. Finn and his sister are... In trouble mentally. <laughs> yeah. And so is their dad. Like and Paul. Wow. He's going to take care of them. I'm not worried about nope. that. But and Fiza's not done anything to go to jail. So they'll have an aunt anyway. Yeah. It, it, kind it of aunt. Completely would not surprise me if Paul latched on to Fiza. Mm. He's a little old for her, but. She's too young. She's going to be like, I don't need anybody. So. <laughs> what about the Grundies? Okay. They were counterfeiting money. Yeah. Just forget about it. Let's make an arrangement. Yeah. Can we make an arrangement? Barnaby's like, oh, you better watch yourself there. Watch out what you say on tape there. And he's like, I don't want to go to college. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, you suddenly turned into a teenage stereotype. Yes. 
I wonder if Russell and Toby are going to find out the truth about Keith. He think, never really was the big time gangster. I think they probably do. He's going to have to admit it, I think. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be able to hide it. So Keith eventually dies. To- <laughs> Toby, well, everybody eventually dies. Oh, yeah. But I think Toby's, you know, he's entrepreneurial and will do anything for money. So we could see him show up as a builder in a future episode. Who knows? Who's a bit dodgy. And well, he's only doing everything for money because he wants to save up and travel or whatever he wants to do. And Sylvia has that awesome scene where she talks about where she was. She was at a plastic surgeon. Mm Mm-hmm. That conversation she must have had with people. Yeah. Like, wow, she does such a good job. So Ginny's uh, going to jail and I, then is going to die. I love how Kwame is just completely <laughs> forgotten about. Irene is going to jail. Yep. Kwame is going to jail. Yeah. Toby is going to go to jail. Maybe not for very long, but for a bit. I hope that Paul and Pfizer run the brewery too. That design is too good to, get, to go away. <laughs> Is anybody going to drink it? Uh, I'm not sure I would drink it for at least a year. <laughs> so you know all the stock is, has been yeah, gone through. You, you got you to gotta change everything. Maybe they can give a call to the winery where there was a body in a vat and ask them how well, they recovered. Well, I love how Barnaby's like, I didn't like uh, beer anyway. I much prefer wine. I'm like, like the winery that just had yeah. the whole thing in yeah. it. There's bodies in the wine too, dude. Yeah, and, and in the cider. <laughs> Uh, and yeah. the cider, yeah. yeah. There's really bar- nothing safe to drink. No. Have some water. Yeah. <laughs> Lemonade, maybe. Coffee and tea. All right. So that's the ghost of Costin Abbey. Yes. Which should be called the curse of Costin Abbey. So just to reiterate, we will be having a live episode on the 19th of March. No episodes until then. <laughs> be there or be square. Weeks, 2 p.m. Ta- Eastern. Taking a few weeks off to prep, and we will let you know. We'll get you all excited about that episode. We want to have... I want to have a hundred people here. Oh yeah. That's what I want. I want to have 200 people here. So in advance, be sure to watch death of the small coppers season yes. 20 episode two, but don't go posting everywhere on the socials about all the Easter eggs nope. that you find. Nope. Keep them to nope. yourself. Keep them to yourself. Cause there might be kind of a competition. Might sort of thing. Oh, we have episode. a couple of ideas. We've got that some ideas. There might be some surprises. If, if all our ideas come to fruition, it will be the greatest Midsummer Maniacs episode of all time. Ever. Yep. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that gets us in the top 200 TV and movie podcasts in the world. Yes. You know? So. Like, <laughs> Got to live up to it now. Yep. <laughs> You find Midsummer Maniacs on Twitter, Instagram, and email. We also post on the Facebook groups for Midsummer and Acorn and the subreddit where you'll find other maniacs. I want to shout out, uh, there was a guy in the Facebook group who said, everybody go over to fa- to YouTube and like and subscribe right now. <laughs> Thank you. Until next time. Bye, maniacs. Bye, maniacs. Logger. I barely knew her. <laughs> you got all your voice warm up yep. stuff now. What does do? That's just me playing with my lips. Oh.